Welcome to On the Spot with Melinda Garvey, On the Dot's brand new interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On the Dot. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On the Spot, now available every Thursday. Today, I'm sitting down with the owner and CEO of Gates Interior Design, Amanda Gates. Without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Spot with On the Dot. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, and we are really excited to be here. On the Dot is all about showcasing incredible, relatable role models. And we have an amazing woman with us today, Amanda Gates, who has Gates Interior Design. And she's got some really special qualities because not only is she an an amazing interior designer, but she is also an expert in feng shui, which I've always been super, super fascinated with just about the energy. So we're going to have a really fun conversation today. Amanda, welcome. And thank you so much for being with us today and taking the time to do this. Hi, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share this information and hopefully empower, motivate, and inspire some women today. Excellent. Good. We're going to do it. And it's, it's, that, that's a given for sure. Well, tell us a little bit about your story, your path, if you will. You know, what we really like to show other women is the fits and starts and the ups and downs and sort of how you got to where you are today and what made you go into interior design and then further that into feng shui. And so what is that like? Tell us your story. Yeah, I think that that's one of the most important things to hear is especially in the social arena that we're in these days. It's like we see all these beautiful pictures and these amazing lifestyles and we think, gosh, mine is not that pretty. Our perception is is that success is a straight line and it's like, it's all over the place. You know, it it kind of bobs and weaves and swerves. And I think that's one of the beauties of women is that my project manager, Deborah, she always says that men are a cleaver and women are Swiss army knives. And I think that that is so true. You know, the scientists have proven that multitasking does not work. I really feel that women are quite brilliant at doing multiple things brilliantly. And when I went to college, I was pre-med. I'm probably the only interior designer out there that has a degree in microbiology with a minor in biology. Well, and it's amazing because, okay, I just did an interview with another woman who was on her way to med school and then veered off and in completely different. So it's really fascinating. I mean, now the second med school. So tell us more about that and how your path changed. Yeah, well, I really have a humanitarian heart. And even as a young child, I always, you know, the bigger question for me was, how am I going to give back? You know, how am I really going to legacy wasn't a word for me that that's a really big word, but how I was going to leave a dent in in humanity. And I really thought that that would be through medicine. You know, I I thought as a healer, I would be able to make an impact, but my mom is an ER nurse and I went and worked at a surgical center when I was in college and I just thought, you know, these doctors are not happy. They work insane hours. It's not what they thought it was going to be and they just weren't happy. And I was kind of questioning my direction, but I thought, well, I've already told everybody I'm going to be a doctor. And now the expectation is there. And God forbid, I don't want to let anybody down. So how, how feminine is that, right? Yeah. Oh, that, that, is, that is a typical, yes, you're fitting right in our little box. Thank you. So God forbid, you know, I don't want to let anybody down. And so I continued and I finished, I got my microbiology degree and my biology degree. 
And I decided, you know, I need, I need a break. I need to really like do some, again, soul searching was not in my vocabulary, but I knew that I needed something. And I had met a boy and we got engaged and we bought this house. It was the worst house in the best neighborhood because we got this house for such a steal. And it ended up being a massive overhaul. We took it back to the studs, completely remodeled it. It took us over 18 months just to get it livable because it was so bad. And when it was done, I just kind of looked around and we were one of the first houses in our area to have granite countertops, if you can imagine that. Like (laughs) at the end of 18 months, I mean, of that, anybody would have an expertise in interior, right? Well, and even at that point, I still was going to be, you know, I had gotten accepted to med school and and like I was just kind of putting it on hold. And so that should have been a red flag for me that I wasn't jumping at the fact that I had been accepted to two different med schools, which was rare, but I was holding off. And so now my older, wiser self would be like, "Uh, hello, something's going on here. But I go down to a Borders bookstore. I'm staring at a sea of interior design books. And I thought, if I could just make the house prettier, it'll feel better. And so the problem is the house was gorgeous. It had, we had beautiful wood floors, granite counters, chandeliers, paint, like we, for not knowing what the hell I was doing, I did a pretty damn good job. Right. (laughs) And I had this very surreal experience where I'm staring at all these books and this woman walked over to me and she said, darling, you don't need those books. You need that book. And she pointed to this ominous F word that I couldn't pronounce. And I was like, fru, fa, fu. I, I couldn't pronounce feng shui. I had no idea what it was. And I plopped down on the floor. I think it's why borders went out of business. Yeah. And I sat there and I read the book. And I was like, oh my God, this is what is wrong with my house. This is why I don't like it. It has nothing to do with the pretty. It has to do with the energy within the environment and what is going on with the energy in my home. And I now call that home energy alignment. Wow. And then, and how long ago was this? It was like just a couple of years ago. Uh. <laughs> oh, it was 25 years ago. <laughs> because, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, and I know feng shui has been around forever, but I, I'm just trying to think 25 years ago, feng shui was not really an American thing. You hear about it more, but who had heard of it back then, right? Yeah. And I want to say that it was foreign to me, but at the same time as I was reading it, there was a ping like this is where I'm supposed to be. There was a ping and it made a lot of sense to me. And at the time, because I had a degree in microbiology, we were really in the depths of cells and epigenetics was just starting to hit the surface. And it was just kind of like these mumblings of, you know what, maybe Darwin didn't have it all figured out. Maybe it wasn't survival of the fittest. Maybe it was, in fact, our environment. And John Baptiste Lamarck, you know, 200 years ago, which now they're calling him a seer, said, it has nothing to do with your genetics. It has everything to do with your environment. And everybody was like hardcore in med school. No, Darwinism is the way that's, you know, and it's still taught to this day. I mean, this guy invented this bullshit 150 years ago, but there was something inside of me. And I mean, you got to understand I'm 22 years old, right? I'm, I'm, I'm in my early twenties at this point, but something in me was stirring as I read this and 
The big thing was is that we had had our front door boarded up because we were remodeling the front of our house and it had been ripped off. And so we had our front door boarded up. And so that's a huge no-no in feng shui because that really hinders energy from coming into your environment and allowing all areas of your life to thrive. And so as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, like it, it was just making so much sense to me. And so I started applying some of the, you know, very rudimentary principles that I'm, you know, learning in these books and I start getting astounding results. And so I ditched med school and I was like, okay, I want to get a degree in feng shui, which doesn't exist. So I was like, what do I do? I was like, well, how do I get into a home? I mean, I either got to be a real estate agent or a designer. And I was like, well, I don't want to be a real estate agent. I'll just apply to design school. And so I applied to one of the most prestigious schools in California. And I thought, these guys are never going to accept me because I have a degree in microbiology with a minor in biology. And the idiots accepted me. And lo and behold, my first semester, my space planning instructor was a feng shui grandmaster. Wow. Okay. So I just want to recap a couple of things because I think what's so important and just for people who are listening or watching today is, you know, when you say you felt that pain. And I think sometimes what you're supposed to do, entrepreneurship, it's not that you come out of the womb and you have this idea. And sometimes your path really is different. And I think listening, I think a lot of us don't listen. I I talk to a lot of women who I'm like, well, why did you do it? Well, I thought maybe, you know, and they're they're not listening. So it's really important to really, sometimes it just comes out of the blue and it could not be more opposite of what you were going to do. I mean, truly. I want to also give a shout out to the young women and millennial women who are the largest part of our workforce and about being 22 and just going for it and believing in yourself and believing in your gut. And then applying for a design school, which really you had no business getting in. I think, you know, I always say you don't get what you don't ask for. And I think that that just going for it, sometimes that seems like the most overwhelming thing to people. You know, there's that statistic that, you know, women have to have like 100% of the qualifications before they'll apply for the job. You know, if a guy has maybe 40%, 30%, he'll be like, oh yeah, I got this. Same concept. Like we've got to just believe and, and go for that. So anyway, I just kind of want to highlight that because you just did that kind of in spades, like boom, boom, boom. You were, you know, change pass off your path. I just find that really fascinating. Well, and I should mention that, you know, we were talking about it being in a straight line and it wasn't because I went to design school and I end up, you know, under this amazing grandmaster. She was one of my first, but I assumed that everybody would be open, ready and willing to be excited about feng shui as I was and that it would make sense to them like it did to me. And so I didn't get that same response. I found that people were ready, willing, and able to hire me as a designer. But that feng shui stuff, yeah, I don't think so. So I really, for about a decade, kind of bobbed and weaved trying to get people on board with this feng shui thing. And the biggest issue for me was lack of confidence because I was so young and the people that were hiring me were in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And who the hell was I at, you know, 26, 27 saying, no, you need to do this. But now, you know, in my 40s, I'm like, I don't care that you want to do the design. We're going to do the energy first and then we're going to do, you know, you have to have that confidence. And I didn't have that in that early year. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, we, 
we talk a lot. I mean, pretty much every time I have a conversation, we talk about this confidence gap for women. And it is really a real thing just for what you did in those early years. I mean, look, you got a lot of confidence, you know, and a lot of just that grit. But still, what is that gap, you know, that holds us back and how do we overcome it? And I think a lot of it is by surrounding ourselves with people who have pushed through and surrounding ourselves with people that will help us push through, that can see that and help us with that gap because we do need that. It's a real thing for women. And I think if we can close that gap and keep closing it, it'll make a significant difference in how, not only how quickly we succeed, but how many of us get past that and to success. Yeah. And I would say, I would add to that of just being really mindful about the people that you surround yourself with. I would say that my greatest downfall and the reason why I wasn't able to propel faster is that my husband at the time did not believe in what I was doing. So you know, when you have a spouse or close friends or family that don't support what it is that you do, it's going to hinder that confidence and it could possibly hinder you from propelling forward and getting there faster because, you know, you've got them kind of affecting your decisions and getting in your head. So again, now as I'm older, people can say whatever the hell they want and I don't give a shit. But when I was in my 20s, it wasn't that easy. So you have to be really careful about the people that you surround yourself with as well and be mindful of the words and the language that they're using and either, you know, make the choice of that's their opinion and mine is mine, or I'm not going to hang around this person because they're affecting my growth. That's right. You do have to walk away from people. I I agree. I, I did that early on in starting the magazine. I actually, it was sort of a random thing, but I walked away from the attorney who was doing our corporate paperwork because all he did when I met with him is talk to me about the percentages of startups that fail, which he should the first time understood he's, you know, an attorney, but then didn't stop. Every time I met with him, it was like, are you sure you want to do this? Because you know, and finally I was like, wow, he's a lawyer. He's been to law school. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, he came this close to derailing me. And I finally like woke up and said, no, I can't do this. And I fired him. It was hard. It was scary. But I really, you know, you, you think someone with it, you know, especially when they have, you know, this expertise, you think, and you, it's a good thing to always be mindful of. So the feng shui, you talk about these transformations. And I've seen some of your amazing interviews. Go on Amanda's website and, you know, listen to her podcast and watch some of these things. Really interesting. But I'd love for you just to talk about, you know, when we talk about feng shui and what it means, give us some, just for the lay people, some real life transformations that have happened and some little, what have been some of those things that you've experienced? Well, first I would start by saying that I I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions around feng shui. I think that the majority of people think that it is uh, moving furniture. They think that I'm going to come into their home and get rid of their clutter and move their furniture and then they are feng shui. And I'm an advanced level practitioner. And so I am really in the field of quantum physics. So my microbiology degree did actually come in. (laughs) And I often joke to people that I'm working in the fourth and fifth dimension because our environment plays such a huge, huge role in the impact of our life. It plays such a huge role in the health and success of our life. And I think that too many people seek external things. You know, they go to the gym, they get the therapist, they read the books, but they never consider their home as the possible solution to getting the relationship, getting more money, having better health. So my level of feng shui for a lay person who's listening today, they may be saying, okay, wait, what quantum physics, what? 
<laughs> what I can basically do is look at a floor plan and tell you exactly what's going on in your life. I can. I just read a floor plan last week where I said to the woman, you were experiencing an enormous amount of grief. I said, I think it's related to your husband, but it's an enormous amount of grief. And she lost her husband, her mother-in-law, and her father all within a six-month time period. And it was in her floor plan. Oh wow. I have another gal, Lori, who was in L.A., and she came to us, and she was really scared. She was 55 years old, and she's been working a corporate job for the last 25 years, and they booted her because she was too old. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, well, what is it that you really want to do? And she said, well, one dream that I've always had is to somehow involve my love affair with the environment. She's a huge environmentalist and organizing. Like I'm really good at leadership and, and putting together events. And she's like, but I don't really know how that's going to happen. And I don't know if I can do that. So I looked at her floor plan. And the one thing that I really saw in her floor plan is that her lot that her home was on looked like a hockey stick. And I said, it looks like you're probably getting booted around and kicked around and, and you're not really being heard. And she said, that's been my entire experience in the nine years that I've lived in this house. So we boosted it and we manipulated energy. And so how I do that is first I have to look at the floor plan and see what the issues are and how the energy is flowing or not flowing in the house. Nine times out of 10, it's not flowing correctly and that's why shit's hitting the fan. So we determine what the issue is and then we figure out like, okay, so what are your goals? What are some of your dreams? What is it that you really aspire to do? Then what we can do is after we clean up the gunk, then we can go in and boost what those dreams and goals and aspirations are. We just got an email from her last week and it brought us to our knees. We were bawling our eyes out. It was so amazing. She started uh, volunteering at this environmental group that she loves and she wasn't getting paid for it, but she was loving it and it was grunt work. And anyways, this woman calls her up and says, I've got this environmental group when we do these fundraisers every four to five months. And I really need somebody to come in as a leader and just organize them and put them together. And she goes, Amanda, this literally fell in my lap and it's more money that I've ever made in my entire life. And it's my dream job. Wow. That's amazing. She said, I would have never been able to do that. She said, I would have strived and strived and strived. And she said, and this just fell in my lap. Wow. So yeah, those are the stories that we love. So what, what are some of those, those elements that, that you use to change the energy? Some of them can be quite ethereal. You know, we're, we're basically telling the energy what to do. So we may do prayer and chanting and visualization is a big thing. But other things can be quite simple. So let's say an entrepreneur, a woman is watching this today and she's an entrepreneur. Simple things like not having your back to the door. So I see this a lot where, where people will push their desk up against a wall because they want to look outside and look at the birds and the trees, but then you have the door to your back. The problem with that is that's evolution. Your kidneys, your adrenals, your parasympathetic nervous system is now on high alert. 
you're in danger. The tiger is going to attack you. <laughs> My husband, anytime we go into a restaurant, he has to have his back against the wall, this and that, you know. And I'm like, what were you like a gangster in a former life or something? <laughs> so it's evolution. It's, it's instinctual within us. And so when you go against that instinct, we have an energy, I call it Wi-Fi. We have an energy Wi-Fi system around our bodies. It's like the mental, spiritual, emotional. It's all these little fluffy layers that are around us. And so let's go back to the example where you're looking outside, you're broadcasting this danger. Uh, you know, on a subconscious level, your brain is on alert going, we're going to get attacked. We're going to get attacked. And so what that shows up like, you're fidgety, you can't focus, you procrastinate, you can't get things done, you get interrupted, or you keep getting up. And you think that, oh, I didn't sleep well, or gosh, I can't really focus today, or you look to all these external things, but all you would have to do is move your desk around and see the door and everything will fall into place. It's that simple. Okay, I just moved into a new house and my desk is against the wall. I'm not around with the windows to the side of me and the door is kind of to the side, but behind, I'm like, okay, I'm going home and moving my desk. (laughs) And literally what will happen is, is you will turn things around. So where you'll experience lack of opportunity or things won't come your way or it's so close to you that you're missing the point, as soon as you turn around, then those opportunities can expand for you. It's an energetic thing. Wow, that's fascinating. Very fascinating. So let's talk a little bit specifically about, you know, women, because I'm sure you've got some great advice, just even from some of your energy practices in the home. What can we as women do in our own lives to sort of you know, balance our own personal energy? Like what are those things that, you know, do you have some sort of life tips, especially for, you know, crazy startup entrepreneurs or people who are trying to make it in the corporate world? What kinds of things do you advise? I think that one of the things I still work under a grandmaster to this day, and, you know, she has really instilled in me this Buddha nature of emptiness. And I think that our culture is so, to me, it's very patriarchal. It's this idea of we have to go, go, go. And if we are not busy, we are not being productive. And God forbid, if you're sitting still, you're lazy. And so as women, we already have to work that much harder because we have this imaginary hurdle that we have to overcome because we want to prove for whoever's watching that we can do it all and we are better and we are just as smart and we can make, you know, just as much money. The problem is, is that what you're talking about, we call personal chi. And so too often women are operating from an empty cup. You know, we are trying to hit this imaginary goalpost that doesn't exist, but society is telling us it's there. And so we strive and we strive and we strive and we're never fully rested. And so our personal chi is quite fragmented. We're not operating from a full cup. And when you're not operating from a full cup, you can't possibly give back in big ways. So you have to find stillness. You have to take care of yourself. And I know that this word self-care is really starting to float around. And I think that it's becoming a buzzword. And so it's getting to the point now to where women are almost tuning it out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. like yeah I know it's there but I'm not going to pay attention to it I got too much to do I am too busy with this women's movement probably feeds into that because you know we're like okay our time is now and we're in this sort of fight mode right you know you you put everything else 
by the wayside because you feel like, you know, we're, we're trying so hard to get ahead. The problem with that is that 97% of us are operating in our left brain. We very rarely use our right brain. And so this busyness is 100% left brain. So we're always in the future or the past, but we're never in the right now. But that's egoic. That's your ego. And so when you're operating from an egoic mind, that's the, I have to meet expectations. I have to rise because I'm being asked to. I have to rise to meet the occasion because, you know, we're being empowered and we have to prove, prove, prove. But the thing is, is that how women are really going to shine and how women are really going to make a difference and overcome this patriarchal thing. You know, I'm not saying that it needs to be 100% matriarchal. I think it needs to be a balance and it hasn't been. But in order for us to do that and to really shine, women's greatest gift is our empathetic nature, our compassion, and this ability to be intuitive. We are so intuitive, but you cannot hit that intuitive mind unless you are still Right. And that's where the magic is. And so if you're constantly in this go, 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 you can't hit that sweet spot. And when you get in that sweet spot, that's where that brilliant book comes from. That's where that brilliant idea comes from. And it's usually a whisper. And so when you're busy and that whisper hits you, you miss it. So you have to get in this space where like what I do is every morning for one hour between 6.30 and 7.30 is my time. I read. I'm an overachiever. I'm reading two books. <laughs> but I read and I also meditate. And if I can do a little bit of yoga, I will try to. But I try not to give myself a set schedule. For that one hour, I do whatever the hell I want to. I'll go out in my garden. I'll go for a walk. I'll read. Whatever the hell, whatever strikes my mood, that's what I do. And you have to have that space of the right now to really sink into and get into what I call the alpha state. We're always in beta, which is a very strong moving brainwave. And we need to calm it down to really strike into that sweet spot so that we can really thrive and really be our best selves. This go, go, go mentality is gonna get you nowhere. I love that piece of advice. And you know, I've just recently started walking every morning, which I need to be doing anyway. And this morning I was like, but I did it. And it's just so refreshing because, you know, and I don't take my phone with me. don't have earphones in. I just am in my own head and it's amazing. And I look at people's lawns and I think, oh, wait, I should do that to mine or, oh gosh, they need to cut their grass, whatever I am talking about. But it is interesting because it's so different than the rest of my life. And that's been super helpful. I've tried to meditate so many times in yoga. I'm always like, okay, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> I can't hold this pose. So I, and I really need to force myself because I'm exactly the person who needs that the most. In some way, that's a wood personality. I too am a wood personality. And so woods are very actionary, go, 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 uh, to the point of exhaustion and depletion. Like we will just go until we collapse. So this idea of getting outside, even though that's technically not meditating, for a go, go, go personality to be able to go outside, that is a great way to connect to what's called nature spirits. Mm-hmm. You're getting outside, you're getting in the energy field of trees and nature and plants, and that can really revitalize your personal Wi-Fi and your energy system, which will help you throughout your day. And what you'll probably find is if you do decide that your emails are more important or that that to-do list is more important and you don't get that walk-in, you're probably going to be frazzled all day. 
because you didn't fluff your own energy. Right. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to fluff my energy. I'm going to use that. I'm sorry. I can't talk to you. I'm fluffing my energy. That's right. <laughs> okay. So you talk about that big word legacy sort of being like, oh, but and using the word dent. And so obviously you've already made a dent. And so now you're getting bigger dents, which is great. So what's next for you? What's next for Amanda Gates? Or what do you want that big old dent to be? My biggest dream, you know, I've always had this humanitarian heart, but the biggest dream, especially when I hit 40, was the big question is, is how can I serve? And like I said, I think that women are, their brilliance is really in this nurturing. We sometimes get shamed because we're nurturers. You know, we're not the hardcore get shit done like the men are. But I think that our brilliance is our level of compassion and empathy. And my big dream is to be able to buy like 100 acres and develop this place, kind of like Kripalu and the Berkshires, not quite so big and massive, more of a spiritual retreat where people can come for the day or come for workshops and really learn how to take care of themselves. I want it to be a place where there's no agenda, there's no time frame, there's no technology, just a place where people can come to, you know, everything from meditation to feng shui workshops to, you know, bring people in that are energy healers and astrologers and intuitives and, you know, just to really get people in that right brain way of thinking so that they leave really feeling like, okay, that is not what matters. This is what matters. And I think that that's the biggest issue that we have right now is we can't define what our priorities are. We think we know what they are, but what we define as a priority and what is important a year from now is not in fact a priority or something that's important. Whatever is going to change your life and help you grow and become a better person a year from now that's a priority. So that's my big thing is I want to create a facility where people can come and And I really want to get kids involved. I feel like, you know, we want to blame millennials for all of these things because they've been born and raised on technology. But, you know, my fear is, is that they're, they're being bred to always be on their devices. And we have a friend that she communicates with her husband via email and this blows my mind. And <laughs> You know, just this ability to be able to connect with other people and like-minded women and to really connect to who you are and to, I feel like because of technology, people are becoming more and more isolated. And this creates what we call a strange chi because our chi in order to thrive and, and to be our best selves, we need to be communal. We are communal creatures and technology is really eliminating that. Mm-hmm. So my big dream would be to buy a, a ton of acres and, you know, just let people be free spirits and do whatever the hell they want and really connect to themselves and hug some trees and get weird. And, you know, there's no off limits. You can do whatever the hell you want to. So if somebody has, who's watching this, if they have a piece of property that they'd like to donate to the show, <laughs> we're all for it. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I have no doubt you're going to succeed in, in that mission. So I guess just as we're kind of wrapping up here, what would be, I mean, you given us so many different great pieces of advice, but if you could just sort of leave us with, you know, sort of that one thing that you either practice all the time, it's important, or, you know, that you think that women especially really, really need. Without a doubt, stop doing and just be. I mean, I think that um, we've just been bred to believe that 
uh, we need to be constantly doing something to be important or to be, you know, and I think those are mythical sirens, you know, that we need to eliminate the, the trivial many and just bring it down to the vital few. That's from Greg McCohen's essentialism. You just need to focus on what really matters. Your family matters, your kids and seeing them grow up matters. And those are the things that you really want to nurture. And I think that find the stillness and be okay with it. It is okay to go out in your garden and stare at a plant and do nothing. (laughs) You have permission. Amanda Gates gave us permission that we can do that. (laughs) Since we're all about role models, is there, is there someone in your life who's been a role model for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's such a cliche, but my mom, you know, I love my mom and on a bigger scale, you know, without a doubt, Oprah, I know that's a cliche too, but when you really look at her upbringing, where she came from um, and being a black woman, I mean, she has, she was able to create this incredible, powerful platform with such conviction and create a huge movement for women and create change. Like what I feel like no other woman has. And so I think it's incredibly powerful what she has been able to accomplish. And she still seems so rooted in who she is and being her authentic self. And I think that a lot of, you know, even women today, even though they may not know what the Oprah show was, I think that they can learn and glean a lot from her. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it, she definitely inspires a passion in so many people. And it's it's exciting, even her, her Golden Globe speech these days obviously she doesn't have the show but you know man whenever you do see her it's just like boom you know she just she really hits it she is certainly an, an amazing role model to have well um, I want to thank you so much for being with us this was really fascinating I love everything you're doing you've already given me some great pieces of advice but now I'm like all I can think about is my floor plan because we just moved into this new house and under construction I'm like oh boy you know it's like you gotta so here's another thing about this idea of just being rather than doing. We're, we're always worked up in a froth. And so we don't really sit still enough to feel. And so in your new home or for anybody who's watching today going, well, I have no idea what the energy is. If you stop long enough to not get up in your head and overthink, how do you feel? Because your body will communicate with your environment and it will tell you what's going on. So pay attention. Okay. All right. I, I'll do that with my glass of wine. I'm going to sit around and feel in each room. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and you've got so much great content on your site. So why don't you tell tell everyone how they can kind of get in touch with you and, and see, you know, all the other things you're doing because you, you do a lot where you can get a lot of great advice from you all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere on the internet. Uh, my YouTube channel is great. You can go over to YouTube and type in either Amanda Gates or Gates Interior Design. I would definitely encourage everybody to listen to my podcast, which is Home Energy Design. I have everything from witches to hippies to energy healers to uh, quantum physics scientists on the show to really expand your mind and open you up to the what ifs in life. And then my website, which is gatesinteriordesign.com. There's all kinds of great articles. I've been writing on my blog for 10 years now. Wow. So tons of great content on there. And I've slowed down quite a bit. We used to write three articles a week and just, you know, we were talking about Steve earlier. I've got content coming out of my ears between the podcast and the YouTube channel and all the other channels and the Facebook lives. And I'm like, okay, there's only one of me. (laughs) I need time to just be. 
But, you know, like I said earlier, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions around what feng shui really is. And so in my podcast, I really debunk a lot of the misconceptions and really teach because I want people to be empowered with their environments and and what's possible and what they can do. And, you know, like your attorney telling you that you can't do something. Well, why? Why can't I? Yeah. So I try to, to really empower people and, and teach them new ways of being so that, you know, they can be this uh, bigger self or, or, or higher self and tap into all their potential. Right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today and, and so many great little nuggets. I was on the side here. I was writing down some quotes from you. So I love a lot of what you had to say and excited to introduce you to our tribe. And um, I'll, you know, I look forward to seeing everything that you do next. I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. Blessings. Thank you. Looking for more inspiration, advice, and direction? Subscribe to our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass you were meant to be. Tune in next Thursday when we sit down with communications and body language expert, Lisa Mitchell. We are focused on your success. So let us know what you think by chatting with us at OnTheDotWoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear your voice.